You're listening to the Arctic Circle podcast. In this episode, we listen to Stein Gunnar Bondevik, Executive Director of Public Affairs at Tromskraft in Norway, and Jack Durkey, Manager at the Arctic Infrastructure Inventory at the Wilson Center's Polar Institute, discuss Arctic infrastructure and investments. The discussion is moderated by Mads Quist Fredriksen, Director of the Arctic Economic Council. This event originally took place at the 2021 Arctic Circle Assembly in Reykjavik, Iceland, as part of the Arctic Economic Council's Nordic Talk series. And welcome to Jack Durkey and Stein Gunnar Bunnevik. Thank you very much. And we have a conversation today about infrastructure and investments. And let's start out with you, Stein Gunnar. If you just introduce yourself and what company you represent. Thank you. Um, I, my name is Stein Gunnar Bunnevik. I, I represent uh, Trumscraft. Uh, I'm the executive director for uh, public affairs uh, with that company. Uh, Tromskraft is a fully in- integrated energy company in uh, Tromsø and in, in the north of uh, Norway. It's, a bit, it's the largest electricity company, uh, not in terms of power uh, 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 production, but in terms of, uh, of, of power production, um, uh, the grid, the distribution and sales. Um, we have... Um, uh, operations in most of uh, the the county of Tums. Uh we're owned by the by we have only public owners the county and the city of Tromsø. Thank you. And Jack Turkey from from the Nordic region and the Arctic to where we're we going with you. Where where are you from and uh, what organization do you represent? Well, thank you Mads for uh, hosting us today. I'm from Washington DC, so from the Arctic to DC. I work at the Wilson Center. It's a foreign policy think tank in Washington, D.C., and I work with the Polar Institute, our Arctic and Antarctic program. Um, and my role there, uh, among several of the strategic initiatives I lead, uh, one is the Arctic Infrastructure Inventory, which is a public database of infrastructure assets across the Arctic. Uh, we include the name, location, cost, uh, other identifying information, um, and put that forth to the public uh, so all stakeholders can use the information. And our goal with that is to inform policymaking, investment, research, whatever the stakeholders want to use the inventory for, to provide them with that information. And if I just step one step back with the Polar Institute, yes. what, 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 can, what kind of work do you do in the think tank? What's the history behind? Why is it located in Washington? Maybe you could give an insight to, to why, why Washington is interested in the Arctic. Yeah, of course. So, um, take that as a sign of how passionate I am about that project, just diving <laughs> straight into it. But uh, yeah, so the Wilson Center, uh, like I said, it's a foreign policy think tank. It's the official memorial to Woodrow Wilson, the president. Um, and so what we do uh, is we have an array of about 15 regional programs from all across the world, you know, China, Russia, Latin America, etc. The Arctic is another program founded about five years ago. Uh, and due to our federal funding from Congress, we are required to be nonpartisan. And that's an important thing to state. We are nonpartisan. We don't advocate for anything. We're not an advocacy group. We provide the information to Congress and to the public to inform whatever region the programs focus on. Um, so the Polar Institute was founded about five years ago now uh, to focus on both the Arctic and Antarctic regions. Um, and it is the only think tank that we know of in Washington, D.C. to focus on both. Another interesting thing about the Polar Institute is that we have 
a wide array of focuses in the program. So it focuses on indigenous rights, uh, economic development, research and climate change, all the issues that we see here in the Arctic, we focus on. Um, and it's that both that breadth, but also the depth that we author that uh, we think makes us unique. And, and just there was one key word you mentioned there, the indigenous rights. And yes. uh, I, I think that's very interesting when you talk about infrastructure development in, in the Arctic. And I, I want to go over to you because I know Tomskaft is working on very closely with indigenous communities in North Norway. Could you give examples of some of the work that you have been doing, you know, when it comes to, first of all, for the people that don't know, what are the issues around infrastructure development and consultation? And, and what is it that Tromskaft is doing uh, specifically? Well, I mean, um, um, all of Northern Norway is is a part of the of Sami, which is the Sami the Sami uh, area uh, area where where they traditionally have been using most most of the land, actually, you know. But you know, on and off, it's nomadic people. They've been there for thousands of years, uh, and they've they've you know, they've used the grass uh in the the, the grasslands in the summer uh um, um, towards the coast on, on the islands and then the the the, the inland uh, during uh during the winter and and there is a there's this dynamic that works you know and and there has its own cycle every year um so one has to acknowledge that whatever you're doing in northern norway it will you know in when when you when you when you uh start using new new areas that you are you are inter you are intervening uh somehow with uh this traditional um uh, uh, industry to put it that way <laughs> um <clears throat> so um we know that we just have to this is this is this is definitely part of of what we do and i i think that we we should have learned even earlier that or, or or acknowledged even earlier that we have i mean sami people are our owners <laughs> they are our customers and they are in the midst of what we're doing and so um so we should have we should have started this long ago but now we have first of all we changed the name we merged our grid network which is a large network stretches from here to hawaii if you put all the lines <laughs> in a row uh, and and we named it uh, Arva, which is uh, Sami for energy. Mm -hmm. But you can't just take a name like that. Uh, be cultural appropriation. You, it, it needs to be done in a careful and respectful way. So we started the project together with the Sami Council, saying that. Oh, sorry, the Sami Parliament, um, saying uh, in which where we want to um, we want to. Um, strengthen the position of the Sami language in the Norwegian uh, public. Uh, so we're going to be the first power company, I think, in the world that has Sami language as a language choice on, on our web pages. And we're totally renewing our whole uh, communication with the Sami, um, the, the Sami community. Um, Fully acknowledging their right to be there uh, and, um, and approaching um, their interests in a way, uh, in, a, in a respectful and also orderly manner in terms of you know regulations and everything, consultations and all uh, uh, all of that. But it, 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 I think we're sort of slowly also changing a mindset and sort of sort of you know understanding that we're all we're in this together and we're developing this together and we need a lot of dialogue and we need to respect each other and we can work with each other in a kind of a different way 
So, so, I, and I think so. You mentioned the website and translating the website, and yeah. I will make maybe not a super smooth segue, but but to from one website in the Sami language yeah. to to the website, the Arctic Infrastructure Inventory. Maybe you could tell about what was the background, what why why what was the push to or the the pull for this uh, development of this website? Why is it that it was created, and and what was the purpose of of the inventory? Yeah, great. So the Infrastructure inventory started as a proprietary tool at Guggenheim Partners, a global investment advisory firm. They created it in 2014 to serve their own private clients. And in 2018 to 2019, we started discussions to transfer it to the Wilson Center to transition it from a, like I said, private tool to inform their clients to a public resource that informs all when, investments. When you say clients, uh, who, who are your clients? Guggenheim's uh, clients. So hmm? these aren't our clients. These are Guggenheim. Oh, so Guggenheim clients. Guggenheim partners. Okay. And okay. so they're serving their clients. And right. when it came to the Wilson Center, we're creating it for anyone and everyone that wants to use it. Okay. So that was a large transition that's taken up a lot of our time in the first couple of years of having the inventory. Um, but you mentioned the website. And so one of the key things that we wanted to do at the Wilson Center with the inventory was obviously create it and put it into a public arena, which right. the first iteration of it is our website. It's pretty much a searchable spreadsheet like I like I said before there's a uh, several filters that you can use to identify a specific name or a specific lo location etc uh, Excuse me. Does it cover um, when you say infrastructure which is kind of a broad, broad term is it uh Electricity, you know, the grids, roads, um, all of the above. <laughs> all of the above. Okay. All of the above. Yeah. So Co the people connectivity, that, everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. So typically, when we uh, explain this to people, I think of the gray infrastructure. And mm. one of the things that we're doing to get back to the indigenous component we were speaking about before is thinking about other ways of not conceptualizing infrastructure, but you know, infrastructure may mean something different to communities in Alaska or Russia or Norway or wherever. And so being cognizant of that and making sure it's as fully inclusive as possible. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to congratulate you on what your company has done. You know, it's a, a good action and a good way to integrate the uh, indigenous communities into the work that you're doing. Um, but anyways, looking forward at the website for the Arctic Infrastructure Inventory, one thing I'm really excited about is a GIS feature we're looking to integrate into the inventory. Okay. Um, if you're not familiar with GIS, yeah. it's... it's yeah. um, I'm not familiar, yeah. so you please... Information. G I don't know the exact name, but it's no. geospatial mapping geospatial, system. Think yeah. of a very powerful Google Earth, yeah. essentially. Um, but taking the information in the inventory, which already is useful within itself, and then putting that into this GIS feature so you can see it on a map, you can track it chronologically, mm. and then in addition to that, put in demographic overlays, environmental overlays, so you can see a cluster of projects. You can see whether it's permafrost thaw or coastal erosion, et cetera, or demographic trends, um, and really get a much more complete picture of the DARTH or you know whatever there is for infrastructure in, and, in these regions. And how many projects is there in the inventory today? How many infrastructure projects? Uh, about 8,000. There's many, many thousands more to include. Um, when we received it from Guggenheim in 2019, there was about 800 projects. And so from that point until now, there's 8,000. What is pro what, and pro what is a project in this in, the, in this respect? A project asset is a, a just a piece of infrastructure. So it could be a port. It could be oh, okay. Yeah, just okay. anything that can be defined as an infrastructure asset or. 
physical piece of okay yeah. because yeah. because Tromskraft is developing projects as well. I mean, yeah. you you have traditionally hydropower plants. I guess you also have wind turbines, and you're doing smart senya and so on. Maybe right. you could speak about because I I think you know what you have in your infrastructure inventory is basically what what Tromskraft is doing. You know, day to day developing mm. projects mm. and so on, and have to, to, mm. maybe not having to attract investors. But maybe you could speak about some of the projects yeah. you have. Yeah. You know. um, um, but we, we we can also you know I I I really I think this is a this is a great tool and this is a great uh, idea. Uh, thank you for doing that. Um, um, what we're seeing and what we're discussing in Norway in Norway right now is that um, uh, the processes are too slow. I mean the concession processes are too uh, too slow and part of this in in terms of developing um, new industry areas new. Areas available for the kind of industries we, that we need for the green shift, like battery, uh, battery factories, um, mm -hmm. uh, hydrogen plants, that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> because the system right now is that um, uh, the concession part, or the you know, it, it, it starts after uh, the the businesses all more or less have made the decision that we are doing this. So then they say we need we need power, <laughs> we need the grid, we need the infrastructure laid out for this specific uh, area. Now that is normally a process that takes like five years. Mm -hmm. It could take. I mean, it, unless it's a, you know, but if you have to to put up new uh, new posts and everything, it uh, and, and you and you uh, you need to to. to uh, to uh, take ownership of new land, uh, it, it's uh, it's a it's a long process. Mm -hmm. um, so what we're looking at right now is, and and I saw that in the platform of the new government, we just had a, an election in Norway, that they are looking at having a government agency called Siva um, act as a customer <laughs> uh, to say that okay, we're designating a few uh, industrial areas that are of particular interest because they are close to ports, close to railroads, close to roads, and close to infrastructure in terms of grid and, 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 and effect. Um, and then they say, we want to, you know, we, we, we want to put up an industry plant here and we need a, a, a transformator and, and, you know, all, all the all what's needed uh, and then after that hopefully <laughs> there will be an, a commercial partner that will be interested in and already uh, uh, prepared in dust in industrial area because this is a really a this is really a, pro a problem now because we are in a hurry I mean we are in a hurry until 2030 and then we're actually in a hurry until 2050 uh, so, so this is one of the ways in which we try to renew our system and the way the whole system works, in order to speed up uh, the, the 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 processes. Because the grid companies they are regulated in order to be, um, uh, uh, you know, what do you say, um, reactive. Okay, so they react to a need from a customer. They never, uh, they they never lay out, and they never build a new a new line, you know, miles of like a, like a you know a, a highway in the middle of nowhere, because that will be very costly for for all the the the, the what do you say, abonente? You say um, the users, uh, the customers. Yeah, the, yeah, the users, uh, because this is a shared cost mm -hmm. for. For uh, everyone, but now the, the 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 situation we have now, we just have to sort of turn the whole mindset 
around and say that we need as a power and, uh, and as an infrastructure uh, uh, player to, to be on the proactive side and actually lay out things and then yep. say, okay, we have this all prepared, come on and put up your, <laughs> your, <laughs> your, uh, uh, your factory or whatever. And, and this whole coordination, I'm a bit curious about the, the infrastructure inventory, if it's, you know, who is, who is the main users? Is it project owners like Tromskov saying, you know, we have this project? Uh, is it policy uh, makers, you know, saying we have this urban zone, the industrial zone, we need this, mm -hmm. like, or is it investors? You know, who, who, who is it made for? Naturally, being in Washington, D.C., policymakers are always the first thing that comes to mind. But with this being an expansive tool, we want it to be used by the project owners or by the investors or by the policymakers. Or like I said before, whoever else wants to use it. And that's one of, I'm not going to say daunting, but one of the things that we're grappling with right now is how to make it useful for all of the stakeholders. So if you have any recommendations, you know, yeah. <laughs> we'd love to integrate into our project. Well, one of the things that we should look at, I mean, uh, there is, of course, uh, a sustainability aspect, not just when it comes to taking land, but also uh, about using the grid and the infrastructure as smart as possible. Mm -hmm. um, copper is, uh, there is a deficit uh, definitely for copper in the world, and it, 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 it will, it's likely to grow. Uh, at least that's our uh, doubt, the, 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 the forecast that we see. Um, so how can we use what's there even smarter? And we were, you, you mentioned we're, we're in the middle of a huge uh, project called Smart Senya, and Senya is an island um, that has a very weak power infrastructure. It's there, but uh, the, 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 oper the, op the operations, the, the, the companies have grown to such immense operations and they, their, their, their equipment uh, is, is much demands much more power and, it's, uh, and, and they, are, they are electrifying even more of their processes. Uh, so they need, they need a, stronger, a stronger line. And we're looking at, okay, okay uh, do we need to stretch or put up new, uh, new wires, new cables uh, all the way to take new land? Um, the, the costs of you know many many mm -hmm. tenfolds of millions, uh, or or is there a way to to use this smarter? So we're looking at you know because there are peak periods where in 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 the in, in the grid which is the problem, um, and can we can we make for example people living there um, uh, cooperate with the businesses so that we can actually from a control center. Uh, pull down the households uh, for a certain period when mm -hmm. we see that there is going to be a peak here in order for the industry not to stop we can actually uh, have get access to your whole, uh, your household and, and and your and your what do you say the boiler or something the the the, the heat yeah, for the, the, the boiler yeah the yeah. boiler and yeah. you can actually turn it off for like 15 yeah. minutes or 20 <laughs> minutes or half uh, half an hour so this is a very very interesting project because it has a technical side to it but it also has a social side because we we need to get people on board to participate and actually actually uh grant access mm -hmm. for uh and 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 uh, an external uh partner to actually go in and turn off your, turn off your heat mm -hmm. <laughs> turn off your boiler mm -hmm. and, and 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 so this is a a very interesting project and it looks actually when we we add some batteries we add some some solar 
uh, and we have these systems uh, in place, it, it looks like it is possible to actually then step up uh, industry um, operations and without having uh, to build a whole new grid with mm -hmm. all that comes with it. Um, so, and I think that's really, really important in terms of uh, f future uh, electrical infra inf infrastructure and hopefully what we what we what we uh, what we produce here I mean, new new knowledge that, that it can be used for other rural areas uh, around the world where you know where you have you have access to land you have access to natural resources but you don't have access to the power uh, you need or you so you will use fossil fuels or mm -hmm. you won't uh, develop anything at all and in a world that goes towards urbanization with with with, with you know in a fast pace having systems um, uh, creating systems that can actually cre that can actually create you know value chains and 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 and, uh, and uh, industries in the rural areas despite their apparent lack of 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 energy and infrastructure that could be a very good thing so mm -hmm. i'm i'm very hopeful for the results of that yeah, project and, and what you're doing, Stein, is doing the developing of the infrastructure in the right way, making it sustainable, making it productive. And that's something that we, with the inventory, want to be a partner to that process, okay. too. And to get to your yeah. question real quick, of course, obviously, we want policymakers to use this. Mm. Um, but you can't get infrastructure done the right way just with good policy. You need project owners. You need capital. You know all that stuff. So, like I said before, trying to satisfy all of those communities really can make it as useful as possible. So, so, how, so how does Tomskov get, let's say, that project Smart Senja? Yeah. Energy efficiency, renewable energy, you know, it takes all the right boxes in the Arctic. How do they get their project into your inventory? <laughs> What's the link from project owners into your inventory? What do they need to fill out? Where do they go? How does that work? There's a couple different processes to get information into the inventory. In that sense, uh, we have a submission form on a website for project owners or other whoever wants to submit information to submit information on their project or asset to the Wilson Center. Um, it includes all the information that we would put onto the web page itself. Um, what we've also done to date, primarily once we receive the inventory, is doing a lot of research ourselves, building out that backlog of information on all these projects, primarily through online public sources. Once we get enough capacity to do so, we also want to start reaching out proactively to owners or to chambers of commerce, for example, and either verify information, verify information, or add more projects to it. Um, so, I should say that the inventory still is in its infancy. It's a very young project, um, so we're just trying to conceptualize all of what we want to do. And but do you have maybe we yeah. should you know talk a little bit about uh, too as as a as as a region. Um, because mm -hmm. there, there's a, we have a region of you know a great surplus, mm -hmm. and our capacity to to, to transfer this is very very uh, poor. Yep. Uh, we we can't export to, uh, enough to Sweden. We can't export enough to southern Norway. So we have actually you know stranded assets uh, mm -hmm. there in terms of green, fully you know fully uh, hydropower and wind uh, in a in a region that has. You know, great location, harbors, and everything, and then um, a great surplus, about seven terawatt hours, uh, which is uh, there. Are quite a few <laughs> industry op uh, operations that could operate out of out of such a base. But but so, very quickly here in the end, like just 
does the inventory also have uh, existing infrastructure? You yes. know, like so. So yeah. the the hydro dams, the wind turbines that Tromcast have yeah. could basically be typed in. Mm. With your new map, you can see what's the existing infrastructure, where are the gaps, where the where are the possible links. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, both policymakers can say, okay, clearly we need a port here or we need a wind farm here. Exactly. Very interesting. Thank you very much for your time. We Unfortunately, we ran out of the time, but I'm sure someone can call or write to you if they have more questions. (laughs) So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Matt.